Hello and welcome to Concert Pipeline. That's Jen Schiffel. And that is Steve Jones. And it is 2019. Amazing. We made it. Amazing. We did. I don't know how we got here, but we are here. Another year under our belts. One more year. When you look back at 2018, do you have mostly fond memories or do you kind of be like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm ready to just start another calendar? Well, that's an excellent question. And uh, normally I'd probably have a lot of, you know, profound insights about, you know, what 2018 was like and what it meant to me and all of this stuff. But quite frankly, I was quite surprised because shortly after the new year began, I had to write a check, right? And then normally, I mean, number one, who writes checks anymore? Who does that? But (laughs) historically speaking, uh, it would take me at least two or three months to uh, not screw the year up on the check, right? I had no problem. Didn't even have to think about it. I wrote 2019 on that check. So if that means anything, I think I'm happy that we're moving on. You're in a good place. I'm in a good place, and I'm optimistic about what 2019 is going to be like. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Positive things, Ed. How about you? Yeah, no, I, uh, I actually, I talked about it, I think, solo on the pod uh, last week uh, when we, uh, that I had it, about the holidays and how exhausting they were. Uh, right. And, and how I'm happy to be past them. Yes, yes, as are so many of us, right? The holidays can be exhausting, especially when we're talking about family and whether they're blood related or not there are all these crazy dynamics that happen yeah and exhausting and so i sat down with my daughter and talked about how christmas is going to be different next year and i mean i asked her what was your favorite gift that i got you for christmas Mm -hmm. because there's just so so many presents and then my mom and sister had so many presents right right they went from my house to their mom's to open up a ton more presents it was like presents overload and it's just it's too much and so i i sat her down Mm -hmm. and i was like what was your favorite gift that i got you you know Mm -hmm. And she's like, the horseback ride. I took her horseback ride. Oh, yay. uh, For the first time. So she acknowledged that the experience was much better than Barbie doll number 5,628,452. Got a bunch of those and a house, a big old house that couldn't, doesn't even fit in her room because she's already got a big one in there. It's in the the dining room. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. So... Yes. So uh, she has a new Barbie house. So I told her, it's not that there won't be any gifts. You know, there will still be gifts. How many? How many will there be? I was like, I mean, we're not putting a number on it, but mm-hmm. uh, but the, it's going to be impactful, you know, uh, relevant things that you're, you're going to need, not just garbage. Mm. And, uh, you know, and... Um, and we'll focus more on experiences as well because the time that she gets solo with me is also valuable aside from what we're doing. Mm, yeah. It's because they're kind of a package, her and yeah, her brother. Yeah. Um, and they're getting a new sibling in any moment, you know, mm. joining their family on the other side. And, that's right. And that's going to be a new dynamic as well. So that's right. I think that'll be really important to give them their own individual time mm. and maybe for us to take a trip or something, you know, which we didn't get to do this year. That sounds so. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I think about my childhood, you know, and I, you know, try to remember the gifts and stuff that I got for my birthday or for Christmas, um, I mean, there are a couple things that stand out. You know, there's this, there's like a, uh, I had these smash up derby cars. Mm-hmm. Do they still have these today? I don't think so. Like, does that even ring a bell? Like, no. what's a smash up derby car? There were two cars that came in a set, or maybe you bought them individually. I don't know, but they had this plastic rope thing that you would slide through the car and then you would pull it out really quickly, and that made the wheels go real fast, and then they made this sound like. Meh! 
you know, because the wheels were going so fast. And then you put the car down and it just takes off and it smashes into whatever thing that it smashes into. And the car is built to explode into, I don't know, a dozen different pieces. Right? It's like Rock'em Sock'em Robots or something, but for derby cars, it looks like. Right? Yeah, so. I guess. I don't even know what that is. And then you're like, oh, that's hilarious. And then you go and you pick up the parts and you put it all back together and you do it over again. And you do it over and over until the car is actually broken for real. Okay. That, <laughs> these were before my time, sir. Yeah, you dated yourself right. a little bit. So. This is back in like the 80s. Right? Not even in the 2000s now or 2010s. This is like, <laughs> maybe this is, this is an old product. Yeah, maybe there's an app that does this now. I don't know. <laughs> but um, anyway, so I remember that. But, but what I really remember, I mean, the moments that actually meant something uh, or the experiences I had with my with my dad, um, like the road trips, you know, like the camping that we used to do in the summer. Yeah. It wasn't even really related to Christmas. It was just these things we would do. We'd hop in the orange Volkswagen bus and we would just take off for a week and hang out in Yellowstone, you know? Yeah. That kind of stuff was really cool. Yeah. And my girlfriend actually reminded me of something that we had in common with both of our childhoods where we had to write down our gifts and write thank you notes to, oh. to who, uh, who had given us the gift. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. I've never yeah. even heard of that. They didn't, they, mm. they didn't do this. It was just rip, 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 rip through. Yeah. Uh, and everything so yeah 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 Yeah. but you had a story for us i do have a little story this is kind of a yeah this is this is something that happened to me earlier today and um i was just wondering like how much how difficult do do people need to make things you know like um i've had like Every now and then I, I itch my head, you know, I take my fingers and I itch my head because my head itches and it just happens every now and then, you sure. know, but sometimes during the year it's really bad. It's like, oh my gosh, why does my freaking scalp itch so badly? Right. So I went to, made a dermatologist appointment, went to the dermatologist and, you know, he said, okay, look, you've got to use this shampoo every other day and then twice a day you've got to rub this ointment stuff, you know, into your scalp. And then you've got to use this other, uh, you know, cream, you know, for this part of your head. And I'm hearing all this and I'm thinking about, okay, I paid the copay and then I'm going to be paying, you know, copays for the medication. And it seems like applying all the stuff when you're supposed to apply it, is more of a pain in the ass than actually just itching your head. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of work to, to get rid of the itch. And, I know. It's like, how bad is the itch? Like, yeah. how uncomfortable does your life have to be to, you know, to see if it, it's worth intervening on it or not? Yeah. So, would you say the appointment was... <laughs> uh, it was worth going to, or are you just not even going to use the medication? I don't know. I, I'm going to give it a try just to see what it's like. Okay. But I just have a feeling that, you know, if you know me, I don't remember anything. I'm probably going to forget half the time. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I don't know if, it, if it's like a miracle cure or something and, and I'm not, you know, constantly scratching my head then great. But I, I don't know. It's hard to imagine that. Yeah. I think it's going to be more of a, like a, it's going to be just too high maintenance. Yeah, well, 
know. Try not to worry as much. We'll expect an update on, on the id head scratching. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to bring this up on the podcast because I know it's really, I mean, medical I like, issues are really important to discuss. Con- you know? To concert goers. They're, yes, they're big exactly. On, medic- on medical exactly. issues. Exactly. I know. And, and aging. And, and yeah. aging. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there with similar rashes and weird areas, you know, yeah. that could benefit from this news. So, On a related note, I've been using Depends. Have you that. really? I was gonna. I was gonna. You know. Uh, you've got a birthday this it's, year, you know, I was wondering what I should give you. Maybe some yeah. depends would work out. It's really just easier when I'm out hunting too, you know, to just let it go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings up a good point. You know, I mean, sometimes you're in, in certain situations where you just can't get out and go. Yeah. Right. If you're, I don't know. I mean, if you're in the blind or if you're in a spaceship or something, or if you're as is often someplace <laughs> or you, but there's no bathroom. Yes. <clears throat> it's much tougher for women, especially, you know, there's a lot less women hunters, I think for the aforementioned yeah. reasons, uh-huh. uh, they do have a thing called a go girl, which you can tuck down there and, uh, and it allows you to, you know, go. Yeah. Girl. <laughs> is that like a funnel or it's, like, what is that? <laughs> I, I don't know the technology, but it, Apparently works. I think it's a one-time use sort of thing. Okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't think you clean it out and use it again next hunt or anything. I think it's you're you're good afterwards. And, right. Uh, I don't want to know any more about this product. Okay. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Talking about hunting, though, you recently went what two days ago? Yeah. Um, a Sunday, and I seem to remember. Correct me if I'm wrong. Sunday, I was watching football, and I was just blown away by how horrible the weather was. It was insane. And you were I watching from the comfort of your couch. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> yes. And I was happy that that our roof isn't leaking this year, yeah. you know. Um, things to be thankful for. Things to be thankful for that I wasn't getting wet. But I am dying to hear about this story. Yeah. This adventure you had. Yeah. You, you watched you watch the storm. Sometimes I glanced at the storm outside and be like, mm, okay, yeah. glad I'm not there. Yep, yep. Saw the furniture move a little bit, the patio furniture. <laughs> the trees were sideways. I was out in it for 12 hours. Oh, and, my God. Uh, from 3 a.m. until 3-ish p.m., 3 through 30 uh, p.m. Uh, that is crazy. Okay. Um, so just a few clarifying questions. Yeah. Was there a storm when you left the house? It wasn't bad early on. No, it was, it was actually, in my opinion, really n- nice uh, mm-hmm. to go, uh, go out and, mm-hmm. you know, at two 30 in the morning and get there and be able to kayak out without the rain pouring on you. Uh, and, uh, and you get, were in a kayak in a storm. Yeah. Did yeah. you sink? So this was a double hunt, uh, that, that we did. Uh, we did, we did one part at uh, a location on the Napa marsh where, um, I went with my friends, Joe and Chris, uh, last year and it was, my favorite hunt. I mean, it was it was similar weather. It was at the it was our last hunt of the season, and uh, and it was rainy, and the birds kept coming in. They were working in, and Joe limited. He shot seven. Chris shot five birds. Really great hunt. Wow. Um, yeah. And How do you shoot birds when the rain and wind is so crazy? Methodically. Methodically. That's the word. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. You no. You gotta you gotta wait for them to work in. You're in a you're on a levee. Mm. Angled um, in a laydown blind, so it's like a big um, camoed sleeping bag sort of thing, like mm. that covers you up. And, and then you, um, y- when the birds are coming in, you flip off your 
um, your the, the flaps and you line up your shot and you and you take it and you go for um, it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of methodical, and so as you're covered and you have this mesh that's ideally th- oh, covering your head. You can, mm-hmm. you can kind of see through it. You know, you make it a little wet, but not really through through that, right? Okay. Um, and you keep an eye out for the birds that way. So you're not soaking wet underneath this cover. It's not like your gun is soaking wet, uh, and it, you're soaking wet. The, the gun's across your your lap, so I mean, it might be sticking out a little, and it might be wet, but that's fine. Um, okay, it's gonna shoot anyway. Yeah. Exactly, and as you know, as long as it's positioned right, you know, you're not wet. But if there's a ton of water, you might get wet too, right. a little bit. But it, it it prevents most of it. Okay, so are these birds in the air when you're shooting them? Yeah, are I mean, they yeah. flying like lower because it's raining, or they're, they're flying? Yeah, they're they're coming in, and you're still calling. You're using your duck calls mm. to to call and uh, and kind of get them to work in because you have your decoys out uh, also. So you want them to kind of come into your spread as much as possible, right? right? And uh, um, and have them close to, to shoot at. Yeah. So, so we did that first uh, first hunt, which was my idea, my, uh, me and my buddy John, uh, and um, and it didn't work really well. And there, I mean, there were a couple of birds. John shot a canvas back, which is this big meaty bird. I'll show you in a in a moment. Mm. Um, and um, and he shot a, uh, a buffalo, uh, buffalo head, a little little buffalo head, which is, is a small bird, not a not a great quality bird, but it's a you know a bird. Okay. Um, I did shoot a bird, um, a little diver duck that was in our spread, but the uh, the thing with the diver ducks and especially on the Napa Marsh that I've observed sometimes is like. If uh, if they're not stone dead, you know, I mean, and I guess this this guy wasn't, um, you know, th- sometimes they commit suicide, like the little bird suicide. They'll go, they'll go under uh, the and like bury their head in the marsh and disappear. And you're like, where the fuck did it go? Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's how they hide. Yeah. Yeah, they're just in uh, the in well. They're they're the just mush. they commit suicide and they're done and they'd rather yeah. die that way than you take them, I guess. And, no way. And so I shot the the bird and John was like, okay, I'm gonna track it. I'm gonna keep eyes on it. Get the kayak. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna go get the kayak and um and um and uh and then go out and get the bird. Mm. And then the bird just never showed up. So um, wow, uh, yeah. what a weird thing for a bird to do. Yeah. So that didn't work out too uh, uh, too well. Um, and, uh, for me, yeah, or, mm. or at all, really, because I didn't get the bird. Um, mm. And then we left. We went, you know, uh, a little farther down the marsh to where John likes to, to hunt it, where I had scouted the week before, mm-hmm. wa- you know, just walking out and seeing. And I flushed up two flocks of, tw- like, 25 birds, really, mm. really good birds, just by walking up. And I could have shot at them, you know, and, and blasted them right there. Um, mm. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and, uh, and so we went out there, took the kayaks out. Um, I, uh, I had, uh, was borrowing Joe's, um, like kayak dolly wheels, like it's two wheels and just a little flat, pla- like a little platform to mm. load your kayak onto. And, uh, I mean, and, um, to be able to drag, to carry it out. Right. Okay. And, uh, and our equipment was on top and I didn't check because we hadn't used it really at all in the past season and a half. Um, uh, t- I didn't check the tires. Okay. I just put it in my car. All right. Big motherfucking mistake. Big mistake. All right. Um, and, what happened? Um, 
this thing was I, I could like it was almost impossible to pull. I compare it to John to like being a str- uh, one of the strong men and uh, and having one of those chains tied around you and pulling a semi. Oh like, my god, it's just tough because it's a big, heavy, uh-huh. like twelve foot kayak or something uh, with mm. uh, you know I don't know 50, 150 pounds of equipment on it or something. You know, uh-huh. I mean a, a lot of equipment uh, on top that when you need to pull out to walk down a half a mile um, with our equipment. I was able to get it out out there, but it was exhausting. I bet. And I needed to stop a couple of times, switch hands, switch directions. It was hurting my back. That's um, crazy. Yeah, I'm imagining, you know, uh, I don't know. They've got these games, right? These, like, Celtic games or whatever they are, where people, um, they compete. Um, same kind of thing. Uh, I don't remember exactly what the details are, but, you know, people strap... Um, themselves to logs, you know, and, and use, uh, you know, ropes or chains to see how far they can, they can pull a log or like a tractor tire or something crazy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so it was insane, but I'm not a quitter. And, um, and so I don't give up. And so we made it out and we get the kayaks in and it's buckets, man, pouring buckets and (laughs) and we're getting the kayaks in the water and we're pushing against the wind upstream, but making very little progress Uh up, up through this canal. Um, actually before that on our walk in, like, uh, uh, we were going to try and spook some birds to flush them out and everything. Mm. And John like was in up to his chest in mud, and wow. I had to I had to pull him out, uh-huh. uh, you know, because he was in this really gushy stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, and so I mean, so that was insane. And then uh, and then we get out to a spot, and uh, and John had his lay down blind on on a stand. Um, mine is just like the, the sleeping bag part. I don't have a stand for it cause I got it really discounted. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and so I, you know, I'm using mine on top of, uh, Joe's kayak, which I was using. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, the, uh, I have glasses and the, the it's just like, like you all, can't see. I can't see anything. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know? And so I have to put my glasses in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, oh, no. and then the water's <laughs> like come in right at me in my eyes. And so I'm like, blink, 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 you know, uh-huh. like, cause I can like see trying to see out of one eye for a second at a time. And I took some shots at stuff and everything, but, uh, but no, uh, at we, that point it's probably just luck. <laughs> we, we ended you up, can't see. yeah, he and we ended up turning around his lay down blind, turning around the kayak, uh, and everything. And that was much better visible, visibly. Uh, but this water, this rain was coming down, dude. It was nuts, man. And, yeah. And so eventually we're like, we could feel like uh, it's cold. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, uh, and it could feel, uh, start to sit in the water, uh, mm-hmm. a bit and, Neither of us shot any birds out there at all, yeah. but there were tons working around. It was magical. It was incredible. What an mm. uh, it was an epic hunt, but mm. incredibly exhausting as well. Wow, wow. And, and uh, you know, and so we didn't get anything. And then then we get up because we eventually like, okay, it's time. It's time to go. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and you stand up and you're not ready for all the water rushing down into your waders that you know, and you're getting so- soaked under your skivvies. Oh and, my uh, god! And everything. So, oh. uh, that that made it much more enjoyable. Yay! Uh, so that so that part actually happened to you. Y- yeah. Towards the end. 
Yeah, there was water in my waders. I was soaked. So by the t- that was like the extra bonus right there. Yeah. And so we, we get back to the, the levee and uh, get our kayaks up and everything and I'm, get it loaded onto the fucking dolly with no, uh, no uh, air in the tires. And, uh, <laughs> and I can't even pull this thing. I'm like, this is not going to work. Right. John helps me get it to the path. Uh, and then uh, he's going back to get his. And I have a, the, uh, the sled full of decoys on top of my kayak, right? Mm-hmm. The, sled, the sled falls off and the decoys fall out and I just put them back in and I'm like, fuck it. And I just take the kayak on the, on the dolly and I start like running in my waders as uh, much as I could. Yeah. And I'm just yelling at John, like, I'll be, like, I'm coming back for the decoys, you know, sort of thing. And because <laughs> I'm going, I'm like, fuck it. Even if I have to walk an extra mile uh, uh, to go back and get the decoys, mm-hmm. there's no other way. And I just need right. to make progress. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. That's crazy, in, dude. It was insane. That's totally insane. Yeah. Yeah. I think I probably would have not gone. <laughs> you don't say. Or maybe I would have turned around, you know, on the way there once it really started getting bad. But I mean, it's amazing. It's an amazing experience. Yeah. To do this it, in the it rain. It was. It was a definitely yeah. a memorable experience. And John asked several times if I'd do it again. I was like, you already asked that, you know, once mm-hmm. or twice. I was like, and I said I, I would. But, uh, but some of the dynamics would have to change. I need to check my stuff better. And, uh-huh. uh, and you learn from some of these experiences. Sure. Like, I mean, I would do it again. Mm. I don't think I need to do it again this weekend. I think maybe <laughs> skip a week or something. But, yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was really, pretty that's cool. Cr- that's crazy, dude. Are there, so are there advantages of, of hunting when during a storm? Uh, like are there going to be more... Oh yeah, yeah. The 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 birds are working. You want the rain. Uh I mean, you don't necessarily need rain and wind, uh, depending upon how fast the winds are. Uh, You want we want kind of one or the other at least, Mm. though. I mean, and because that should get the birds working if they're around, right? Mm -hmm. Flying all around and everything, and so um, and it helps with um, you know you kind of seeing them. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're not suspecting, yeah. uh, a little bit as well. It's harder for them yeah. to visualize, I think. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, so yeah, so it was a good time to get out, you know, and we have a couple weeks left in January and then the season's over. So I'm yeah. trying to make the most of it over the next couple weeks and hopefully hit a few more birds. I, I don't... Mm-hmm. I don't regret, you know, I mean, I don't, uh, I'm not too bummed about it because I had such mm. a great experience. Yes, it would have been nice to walk away with some of the birds I should sure. have hit, uh-huh. but... Um, but I had a good time. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, so, so I guess it's time to get on to our guest, uh, which I, I, I didn't mention up front, which I, uh, usually do. And, uh, apologies to them for, for not mentioning them. Um, this is a group, uh, uh, that, um, I'm buddies with and I've seen them a number of times. They've been on the podcast before. Uh, but I didn't interview them, um, mm. as we mentioned in the in, in the interview. Actually, um, uh, which it's the only interview I've never not been a, a part of as part of mm-hmm. Concert Pipeline. So mm. they're they're in that unique group mm. of one, <laughs> and uh, um, and it's a band called uh, at least until the interview they were called Surf and James. Ooh, interesting. Yes, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, this was uh, their last show as uh, Surf and James, and uh, uh, and then they have a new name uh, that they are going by, which is Forgotten Dreamers. Ah, okay. Yes. So, uh, not to spoil anything. I, I did kind of just spoil that, and we get to that. We're talking about that later in the, yeah. in the interview, but the title of the podcast is Forgotten Dreamers. Uh, you, oh, you know? I see, so I see. So, so you so kind yeah. of have to mention I it. I mean, and yeah, so it is a little bit of a spoiler. Well, at first I thought... Um, 
you were you might be suggesting that you know they're hanging up their jackets or coats or hats or whatever and they're that's it no it's it's really to draw but it's a transition yeah it's a little more of a transition and uh it's to incorporate the other members of their band really mm. as well because it's kind of in them as the leads but mm. they want i mean they have other members of their band that uh that they're including as well okay so but uh, i sat down with surf and james uh of uh, forgotten dreamers and uh had a great conversation we're going to uh listen to my interview but you know as we do in concert pipeline fashion we're going to play a song from uh, their set at the blue note in napa uh, and this is a song called red flames sweet here it is you're listening to concert pipeline with surf and james of forgotten dreamers Yeah. 
at, uh, at Side Palisades, which is near Blue Note with Surf and James. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. great. In unison now. Great. great. <laughs> <laughs> you said good at first, didn't you? Yeah. You sw- James switched it on my Yeah, I switch it up. Yeah. I was like Tony the Tiger. Great. Keep things interesting. <laughs> yeah, so you have your show tonight at Blue Note. You're pretty excited about it. Yeah, I mean, actually, I'm getting nervous. I don't know how you feel, James. What? We're playing tonight? Wow. Whoa. That's cool. You're just going to show up and be like, you know, hey, I'm here, okay? Exactly. <laughs> There's a show going on. <laughs> I just happen to be here. Yeah. Luckily. Yeah. So you were pretty excited about this show. Tell me, tell me why you're excited. So I'm, I'm excited, surf, for those of you that don't know my voice. I'm excited because, and was excited, because uh, there was a lot of work that went into it behind the scenes. And um, I'm working with a group now called Napa Live Music. It's just a group of people that are really passionate about music. And uh, they really helped a lot with time and money and effort to make sure that this show was, went really well and sold out 25 days before, um, before the actual event. Which for Napa, for a, a small band like us, is, a, is an exciting thing. Yeah, and you know, it's it's casual here. You know, Napa's a, a casual town where the locals, um, they definitely, they show their love, but usually not 25 days before. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's fun, and it's impressive to see uh, the response. Yeah. Now we had, had you on the program a couple years ago. I didn't do the interview and everything, so I'll ask you hopefully some different questions. But um, did you both grow up in Napa? We well, I did not grow up in Napa, but uh, I moved here in high school, uh, my sophomore year, and met James shortly after when I started college, the junior college. That's where we first met. But James, James is a local. Yeah, I basically grew up just on the outskirts, off the Silverado Trail. So yeah. Not too far, <laughs> but... So for you growing up here, uh, tell me like the, the difference in the music scene here now versus back then. The music scene, I feel, here has always uh, been changing. Um, when I was younger playing music, I didn't feel like there was a, a lot of community music. And then uh, when I was about 19, um, we saw the movement happening as we kind of put our feelers out there and started playing in front of people for the first time with our own music. Um, there was a lot of bands back then. I mean, what, like 14 or 15, you think? Yeah, there, there was this thing called the Wandering Rose, this organization that you may remember. And uh, I, I don't, I'm not familiar. No. Oh, well, it was a nonprofit organization that was under the umbrella of, uh, of the Arts Council, but it had, cheers, guys. Cheers, hey. Clink. Clink. <laughs> Hazy IPA. Yeah, that double yeah, IPA, was, the number 10, right? Yes. Mm, get the number 10 at Palisade Saloon. Yeah. Well, it'll change, though. Yeah, it'll change. It'll change. It'll constantly change. Whatever the number 10 is, it's just from get Drake's, it. So, yeah. It's always going to be good. <laughs> yeah, it's a good number, number yeah. 10. Um, yeah, so the Wandering Rose popped up, and they really were a, sort of an incubator or a, a catalyst for us sort of coming together, the, the younger, um, musically uh, inclined uh, people, or just people that loved music, you know? And so that was like the first rush, the first wave, I would say, wouldn't you, James? Yeah. Um, before that, it was pretty unorganized. It was just a bunch of guys uh, throwing together shows. I mean, our first show, our first real show, was at uh, with John Brezzo at uh, uh, the Boys and Girls Club. That's right. And you so, said, how old are you, Becca? Like, it's like barely sure. 19. So you guys have been playing together since your we tots. Since we were we tots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of 10, it's over 10 years that we have been um, together. Not like you think, I, though. I was, uh, 
Congratulations on your diamond Edward. What is it, the 10th? <laughs> <laughs> diamond Edward. Yeah, we, we beat the itch. Yeah. Seven-year itch. Congratulations. Yeah. So, uh, so... It always goes this way. It, it does. <laughs> <laughs> and so, did you go to a lot of shows in high school? What, what got you into music? Um, well... I originally played violin um, from like three until I was 13 and then um, my brother was playing guitar and my mom um, needed an accompanist so she taught me a couple chords and uh, the rest kind of self-taught Yeah. from there. Yeah. So uh, did you enjoy playing the violin at all? or? You've, I, you've hated it. I hated it when I was younger um, and now I wish I had never quit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if I picked up a violin today, I'd probably squawk out a couple notes, but nothing, uh, nothing impressive. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, so you've been playing the guitar for over a decade, then? And um, so I played guitar from um, basically when I was 16 till I was 18. Then my friends told me I was really bad, and you know that's a, that's a shameful moment in your in your music career when your friends buy you a bass and they say, "Hey, we got you this, and uh, don't worry about playing guitar with us anymore." Yeah. So I played bass for. Um, another three years, and then I started playing guitar around the time that I met Surf again. So, yeah. Was that a uh, was that pretty like demoralizing? Like just kind of when your friends told you, you know, hey, this isn't for you, sort of thing. Did you <laughs> did you want to quit or? Um, it wasn't that I wanted to quit. It was more that I thought they were super cool, you yeah. know, in the music scene, and I was just the the new kid on the block playing guitar. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like, yeah, I listened to them, but it, you know, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say though, I do think like James's um, Suzuki method growing up, and um, and even that that story, sort of informed the the way he plays, which is more more based on like what he hears and and feels, versus you know like the technical aspects behind it, which is definitely where I come from. Because when I met James, I had never even sung on stage before. We met at a musical together, right? And I think that's why. Um, why we've been uh, playing music together for so long is that um, we come, we just really love it. And and James is kind of selling himself short a little bit because since those days that his friends told him he sucked, he's gotten a lot better now. And um, uh, it's, well, obviously, if he's playing shows regularly, right? And uh, it's just cool to see how uh, uh, that's probably a good lesson for your audience. Maybe right is don't listen to what you're. You know, stick the naysayers. If you're passionate about it. You enjoy it, right? Like, yeah. If you love something, stick with it. And um, it kind of it kind of blows me away because I was uh, just recording instrumentals in my uh, my basement. I felt like at the time, and um, then I heard I heard surf sing, and I was like, "There's something really unique there." And uh, I wanted to capture it. And he was the only one that thought that. Yeah. <laughs> no one else. Same thing. Your friends told you, "Yeah, not nah, don't do that." Yeah, it was funny because I listened back to like the first uh, the track, our first recording, and I was like, "Man, what were you we thinking?" Yeah. <laughs> like you know, you know, you just have an idea and it feels cool at the time, but now when you're older and you go back and listen to things, you're like, "Oh, it wasn't that cool," but we really believed in it. Yeah. And I think that's another lesson for anyone that wants to create is you have to get through all the bad stuff first. Like you have to write. Um, I mean, a ton of bad songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so for you, uh, your instrument is your vocals. You you never picked up an instrument, or you never had that inclination. Well, I picked one up and then I put, you put, I put it, it down it very down. quickly. Yeah. Well, actually, you picked it up and then you broke it. Oh yeah. Oh man. Smashed it on stage, huh? I, I accidentally. Badass. Yes, that was me. <laughs> Bashed it into the amp. Uh -huh. It was all James. Um, 
you know, gear, so he got upset about it, but it was all in the name of the show. No, I actually did break James' guitar uh, off stage. We were practicing yeah. downtown once, and the security guard said, hey, you guys got to move along. So I picked up James' guitar, the strap fell off, I think, and it crashed to the floor, and I felt, I felt really, he probably would have, if we weren't such a good friends, he probably would have, you know, just given me, given me a punch or something. Yeah, it's amazing you're still alive. Was that a sore subject for a while? Like, yeah, <laughs> still. Yeah. yeah. It, it will be for a long time. Remember the guitar time has been fixed, but yeah. it's just not the same, you know? No. <laughs> but it's, but it's kind of cool um, to have an instrument that you've had since the beginning, too. Yeah. So it's kind of the nostalgia of it. Yeah. I was just talking to my girlfriend about my Levi's jacket, which I've had since high school. I think there is something special. There's like a special energy around something that's that old that you that's been with you through the, you know, the hard various times. stages of your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sentimental, right? So exactly. Yeah, but it probably doesn't look great anymore. But uh, you know, it's it's important to you, right? So yeah, I think it looks great, but uh, nobody else does. You remember the jacket I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. And when grunge comes back, <laughs> uh, you'll be able to wear it again. <laughs> Yeah, Nirvana reunion, you know? You'll exactly. Be <laughs> You'll be ready to go. That is my prediction, actually. I think I see, like, the 80s in music coming back, and I think pretty soon the uh, the 90s are going to come back in full swing. Yeah. I, I think grunge is coming back. Yeah. It'd be nice to see anyway. Yeah. Now, I mentioned you guys had been on the program before, and I didn't do the interview with you, actually. My kid's mom's brother did and i was like because i had a different interview in the city at this the same night i know you're a busy guy popular I, guy i know right <laughs> uh and uh uh i didn't know he know, knew you guys and then i'm listening back to the interview and he's just talking to you guys and like i hear the story about him running around in his underwear with you guys or something like that yeah. and, and i'm like what the heck <laughs> i'm like i just sent him out to do an interview just like I go do this interview that. with these surfing james guys and uh, <laughs> That's the thing when you when you've been in Napa for so long, like yeah. Tom Tom was, and yeah. like we've been. Everybody has a story about you, whether it's good or bad, right? Uh, not about me in particular, but well, I'm, I'm still waiting for that. I do know you've run every street in Napa. You do know that, yes. That's pretty cool. That, that's happened. Every street, every street. Wow. You'd be up past your house, everything, you know, wherever you live. Uh. That's kind of creepy. What's <laughs> <And> it? <laughs> I, I was. I, I waited. I, I waited a little while in front. <laughs> you weren't awake yet, so. No. Oh, okay. I wonder why I woke up feeling pleasant. <laughs> what's the? Uh, I'm curious. What's the favorite? Your favorite street name since you've run them all? Oh uh, well, I didn't know there was a Fern Street, and my daughter's name is Fern, and it's, it's this little one-block street. Like it's like, I mean, I don't know, 50 yards or something. It's really short. Uh, over, uh, off of First, actually. So not not too far from here. Hmm. Um, that's pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, it's cool. I mean, I, it's it's like a big puzzle, right? You don't, you, uh, I put all the pieces together and you build this this thing. And I don't remember every street or anything. You don't remember every piece of the puzzle. Yeah, yeah. But it's cool to have done something that no one else has done before. That like is that, really cool. You know, so I, I don't need to do it again. Just, just how far up Coombsville Road have you gone? Uh, that was... Let me see. I'm trying to think. I went. I went. I, I covered all of Napa proper and Browns oh, okay. Valley, um, and wow. um, I didn't go like all the way up. Um, you know, I, I didn't go really deep. I, I went. I went like out past my, uh, Imola. I like, did the whole Imola nice. part, and then I didn't go out um, any farther than that really. But I did all Napa proper. Was, I'm pretty sure 
that I've driven every street in Napa. Yeah, well, yeah. just turn down little courts and back out. Exactly. <laughs> just like, you know, pop in and be like, oh, what's back there? Yeah. And then slowly back out. You know, once you realize that people are getting weird about it. It gives you a connection to the town that, you know, like <laughs> I, you get to know it just a little bit better. And, yeah. You know, so. I- James is really good with directions, I have to admit. I'm like the worst person in the world with directions. I'm not great either, so. <laughs> he gets lost and he's lived here forever. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm that guy too, so. Uh, yeah, so you guys have a, a new single out that um, I'm uh, changing my head. Uh, stay in my head. Stay in my head, stay yeah. in my head, yes. Uh, so tell me about that. Has it Was it on Spotify? No, actually. My we... girlfriend swore it's, it was on Spotify and I'm like, no, they just played it live. Yeah, we yeah. we have not released it. We've been kind of holding on to things. We because we are a lot has is changing for us now. Yeah, we've uh, we're actually robots. We're not humans. It's de- development. That song was not written by us. It was written by aliens, and so we didn't feel right releasing it. No, yeah, copyright issues. You know, intergalactic. Yeah, you know, you know it takes laws. time to get the paperwork. You know, back and everything. You exactly. know, you're traveling. Thousands, tens of thousands of miles, you know, yeah. I, yeah, I get light it. years, yeah. really. Yeah. Uh, no, but to be, just to vomit the answer out to you, we are changing um, our band name. We're changing our sound. Wow. And um, so that song kind of got caught in between, okay. right? What we were and what we're sort of becoming, which we're still trying to figure out. And we have some new songs that we've been recording with these amazing producers in Concord called the Canvas Group. I recommend them to anyone, regardless of what level they're at, just because they help you with the creative process. Um, and they've co-written these songs with us. We have uh, two so far, and we're like two sort of in the works, um, three so far and a couple more in the works. And um, Mayhem, or I'm sorry, Stay In My Head, we changed the name, um, was sort of the first um, approach at, at our new style. And I think if you listen to to that and you listen to some of the older stuff we have, you'll notice a difference. And so we're just, we're getting old and we're trying to figure out how to do what we love, but also have it make sense for a larger a larger audience. Yeah. Um, so, so how did the approach change for you guys, and, I mean, overall? Well, <clears throat> we kind of just asked the, uh, the guys, the Canvas group, they recorded uh, through for us. And... Um, if you haven't listened to it, please check it out. Yeah, it is on, that is on Spotify. Um, and if you listen to anything that w- we've released prior to Through, um, Through was just kind of like a, a really positive like direction for us. And um, we just kind of asked, and they gave their ideas about what they think we should do. And we've been writing together and developing what is to uh, be us. And um, it's, it's been challenging, you know? Yeah. So finding out what we're going to be is basically been us trying new things and then pushing forward with it. Okay, and do you, do you kind of take ideas into the studio or how much of it is uh, before oh, yeah. you, before um, you so go to a lot of a lot of the ideas um, are either from like start for myself or they'll play something um, that sparks up an idea for us. And then we basically, for these uh, new songs anyway, um, we've basically analyzed it over and over and over and again. <laughs> like, you know, look at that, looking at your music and your lyrics under a microscope, it's just one of those things where you really look and say, what was my intention in writing a line like this or what was my intention when I said something? So it gets to the point where um, 
it's not perfect, but it's different and it feels fresh. And I feel like uh, it will be appreciated by more listeners because we're not writing music for ourselves anymore. We're writing music for other people. Okay. And so the the band name changed. Do you want to share the name? Do you want to tell me, you know, kind of what inspired that? Yeah, because, I mean, we had to um, do a lot of this last minute. Like, it's been in the works, but we hoped for it to be a bit more um, planned out. But um, we just found out that we're playing Bottle Rock, right? And so they were like, hey, guys, you're going to play Bottle Rock. We need all your assets. And we're like, well, we don't, we're changing our name, by the way. And they're like, okay, we need those, all that stuff by and tomorrow. The name is good too, yeah, for yeah. when they release a the lineup, yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we wanted to sort of, you know, get off to a, a strong start. Um, so our new name is Forgotten Dreamers. Nice. And you'll see it on the bot- uh, Bottle Rock lineup on January 7th. Um, and uh, yeah, we spent a long time arguing over band names. I wanted a band name that everybody hated mm-hmm. um, called Giraffes Can't Dance. Okay. Um, and James said uh, that he would quit That's a the book. That's a kid's book. I know you, you, you have know kids. You know that book. You have kids. I have kids. Are you kidding? Oh, man. Yeah, I love you, that you know that. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's a total dad rock band. Yeah. Dad rock all the way. <laughs> what, what is this new band, Giraffes Can't Dance? You're going to like tell the story of, uh, of I, the so, giraffe on his wobbly knees yeah, and everything? I yeah. mean, I, sort of, I am sort of a giraffe. I have a long nef- neck, and I'm really goofy. Uh-huh. And it just sort of made sense for me. But that's the, the cool thing about being in a band is yeah. that it's not all about you, right? Like, And that's what makes it even cooler yeah we definitely have at least two copies of that book in my house i think so that's awesome <laughs> so that so that hit the scrap uh, the scrap floor yeah we went through so many yeah. band names and they all just sort of like either i like them a little too much see here's the thing james and i are very different like james his um, roots at least are metal and my roots are anything sort of corny uh-huh. um and so when you put that together i think that's what makes the music that we make interesting we're also both really extremely stubborn, and I think that's a, that's actually an asset when you're in a band because you're gonna have so many people telling you what they think you should do. I get in trouble with my girlfriend all the time for being stubborn, and James and I have our tiffs. But uh, ultimately, I think it's good because you're no matter what you do, a little bit of you is always gonna be infused into whatever you're making. You know? Yeah. And so that's what I've been realizing lately is that when either when we're working with these new producers that are co-writing with us or we're writing a song together, it's like it's a it's a piece of us. And I think sometimes that's what I notice or that's what I don't notice in the music I hear on the radio. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, to follow up on that, I mean. You, you listen on the radio now, and to be honest, streaming is getting way, way cool. Like, the radio is so monotonous and overplayed that yeah. it's just like, where can I hear other songs by the same bands that I like? You yeah. Know? So it's just like, you know, get on Spotify, get on Pandora, and see what's out there. Because there's a lot of music that um, a lot of people don't hear that's really good. So. Yeah, no, I know. The, the radio plays the same songs over, and I, I love... You know, I love Nirvana for what they are, but every time I hear them on the radio, I'm like, that's taking a spot from an artist that, you know, could be up and coming and, and get some exposure, somebody, somebody new, you know? I mean, it's just like, we've heard the same songs. It's comfort food, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's that feeling, that, well, the feeling of familiarity, you know? Yeah. We just kind of like ease back into it, whereas I don't feel that there is a new band that is dominating the airwaves. 
like you know a, a solid like number one at least for radio play yeah. there's not somebody who's just completely dominating it Drake Re- okay always, maybe, right? maybe maybe <laughs> maybe Drake but you know I don't listen to enough hip hop like no. every day to get that but yeah I'm sure he is yeah you know it, but so, it's not I mean, I mean like new music well, and so. if you're talking about rock like rock is sort of dying. Yeah, it's like what is what is rock anymore? You gotta you gotta really define it. There's alternative rock, there's hard rock, there's like there's metal, and then there's just everything in this weird zone where it's like I'm not pop music, I'm not like this 80s synth music, but I'm definitely not rock. Yeah. So it's I feel like uh, we're not the only musicians feeling the identity crisis. Yeah. And so your background being metal mostly? Like, well, like you know hard rock, not like you know yeah. like not like. Uh, <laughs> Not like Black Dahlia Murder or anything no. like that, but more like just. Um, I grew up listening to Metallica a lot. Um, yeah, I love bands like uh, Shine Down, Seven Dust, all those like classics. Ozzy Osbourne, you know, it's just it's fun and it's it's got a really good drive to it. And I mean, they've they just got to play with some of the best musicians in the world too, and who were you know the best at what they did. And you know, metal metal and like hard rock like that has always been appealing to me just because of the classical music aspect. It's classical music with a little bit, little bit of blues, really, really fast. Yeah. And so this band is very, very much not that. How do, no, you, not how do you scratch that itch? Like, <laughs> really? yeah, that's a good question. Well, you know, Surf hates it, but I do have a distortion pedal. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do hate that's, that's basically the only way we get through that. <laughs> Yeah, but on your own, do you play? Like you practice a lot. You um, when I'm when I'm just playing yeah. to play for myself. Yeah, I'll just jam on some tunes. Yeah, or you know try and write something. Because I mean, that's that's where I started. Was just like I said, you know, sitting at my computer recording uh, layers and layers of guitars, and it didn't really sound that cool. Well, it, at least it did to me back then. But nowadays, it's like, what, what were you thinking? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, Forgotten Dreamers, right? Um, and so yeah, you already forgot. I know. I, I remembered. I remembered the name. Come on. <laughs> How could you forget us so fast? I've, I've messed up band names before. And <laughs> yeah, we, we don't need to go there anyway. But uh, but yeah. So any other dynamic that's changing with Forgotten Dreamers? Like, is your approach changing at all in terms of your live show? What are you? What are you looking? Oh yeah. At? Um, yeah. It's yeah. going to be an evolutionary curve, and I encourage those who come out and see us to uh, yeah come experience it with us because it'll be a huge learning curve. Um, we are going to experiment with some more electronic sounds, uh, keyboards, and sampling, and making the best show for everybody possible that we can. And you're going to continue to play your other songs that you know from before, right? No, no, no. no putting no. them down, huh? Your new, no. new stuff. <laughs> um, we're going to move forward, but um, of course, you know, there's there's going to be things from the past that probably come along on this journey, but m- most of them will get a, a, a makeover. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. We're gonna like phase out the old and bring in the new. And um, also, I think we're gonna make sure that we listen to our friends and fans and family and figure out what makes sense for us, right? Like, we have a friend that loves a re- our oldest song called So Easy, mm-hmm. which is like this really trippy song where James plays this like amazing lick and I, um, have a seizure on the floor. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so I mean, at, when we play live shows, that's when we get to sort of BS. Thank you. Uh, no, I'm okay. Thank you. But we also uh, are trying to sort of infuse um, this future sound or whatever, whatever else it is that we're trying to create, um, so long as it as it makes sense and it resonates. Yeah. And so, tell me about Bottle Rock. How did that come about for you guys? You guys have played uh, at least once before that I saw, two years ago or so, is that right? 
Yeah, two yeah. years ago. Yeah. You want to tell the story, James? Well, I was at work, and then my phone went off, and um, it was like, you have a new email. And I opened the email, and there's a contract. Is it, is it you got mail? Is it you get the yeah, email? Like, you you because I, I still have AOL, just like <laughs> uh -huh. the rest of you guys. Right. And don't right. lie. Yeah. Those of you who say you don't have AOL, I know you do. Right. It's like, you got mail. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It was, you know, I was just uh, working away, and then um, my phone went off, and I glanced out, and I was like, wow, the... Um, promoter in I guess what is he director like Tom sends us an email yeah and um, I was kind of blown away um, so two years ago I'm not exactly sure how that all came about but <laughs> it was uh, one of those things where uh, so you got the phone call right yeah. Yeah, so Surf gets this phone call. I was giving my kids a bath. <laughs> Good. Yes. And you're like, hold on, child. Let me rub the suds off of you. I need to uh, take this call. Yeah. And he calls me right after, and he's just like, hey, uh, do you want to play Bottle Rock? And I was like, well, yeah. And he's like, well, guess what we are? And, you know, it kind of blows your mind. Yeah. You just don't. All this. I mean, that's what we're working towards is that greater goal of playing these larger shows. But it was really surreal even up till like the hour before we played yeah until we like went out there even after sound check and it was like okay we're actually gonna play and uh yeah it's one of the that's why we're musicians for these feelings yeah yeah and so so this one was kind of rem reminiscent of that same thing right you i mean they had your information still yeah. and they knew like, we hey. wanted to play and yeah. uh it was like well here you go and uh we're gonna do it and uh hopefully bring that new sound to the table yeah. Nice. And so when you played a couple of years ago, I mean, what did you guys do afterwards? Did you get to see in, uh, any of the other bands? Did you? Oh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we uh, we uh, got um, artist passes for the day, mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. You know, they, they take care of their artists pretty well and they feed us. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, we just wandered around the festival the, the whole day. And I got to say, um, I never thought, because Bottle Rock has been in town for a while. Um, and it was one of those things where I was like, oh, Napa's doing, you know, something again, you know, rolling my eyes. I'm a local. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm um, going to, I was like, wow, they, uh, this is probably, it was probably one of the cleanest, um, well-maintained festivals I've ever been to. Was that your I, first time going? That's a Bottle Rock, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been to a lot of music festivals and I kind of had that idea in my head. It was just going to be another one of those festivals that's out of control and not well-maintained. And when you get there, it's a very calm experience. Yeah. You know, there's not a bunch of people trying to fight each other in the parking lot. Or like you know, driving away drunk, plowing into like four or five cars. I've seen that so so many places where I'm just like, you guys need to be able to take care of your people, as well as put on a good show. And yeah. Bottle Rock, I feel like, has really uh, gotten that nailed down for a clean, family fun environment. Yeah. So what bands did you stalk at Bottle Rock yeah, with the artist pass? <laughs> well, Surf's like, hey, do tell. <laughs> I'm actually really yeah. upset at James because uh -huh. I did not exploit. My um, my privileges as much as I should have. He didn't. Okay. But he did. Okay. Oh yeah, we walked in everywhere like we own the place. Yeah. You know, I, they gave us a, an extra, uh, uh, extra artist pass. Mm -hmm. So me and my friends just kind of said, "Where can't we go?" <laughs> and we just walked until we couldn't anymore. Yeah. Uh, we went in like the private boxes uh, with like Merrill Lynch and all those guys. Don't tell Merrill Lynch. Um, <laughs> And then um, we went backstage, um, like at the Lagunita stage, we got to say hi to the guys. Um, everybody, you know, the artists though, it's kind of funny, as a local artist, you just kind of want to meet everybody, and there's these guys who are on the road, they're just kind of like, we want to get on to the next thing. Yeah. And I get it, you know, it's a, it's a job and it's paying well, so you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. 
Do you guys have any uh, interest in like touring at any point? Like, do you get? Um, yeah. So far this you've played. Uh, Denver, right? Yeah, yeah. Denver. Yeah. Oh yeah, you guys took that road trip like last year or something, right? Yeah. 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 We went to uh, Denver's the farthest, and then Utah. the next farthest was Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not much to do in Utah, and don't no. eat the Mexican food. Trust me. Um, it's like when you're trying to make a burrito when you're 12, and you're like black olives and sour cream on top sound cool, and it's, it's like cold. Utah hates us now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love you guys in Utah, but uh, Mexican food is not your forte. Yeah, but. Yeah. And so how do you book the tour in Utah, Denver, like, and and what was that experience like for you? So here's what we kind of realized, though, is that, like, the music world is changing so much. Um, we're constantly asking ourselves, you okay? Cold? <laughs> it's it's oh, chilly out here. Yeah, yeah, sorry. It's not raining now, at least, you know, so. <laughs> Could be worse. Not good for your guitar hands. Um, we're constantly asking ourselves what makes sense for us, right? We both have full-time jobs. I have kids. Um, James has girlfriends. And, Multiple. Uh, <laughs> well, well, not at the moment. <laughs> Ladies, his number is 707. Just kidding. Um, but yeah, we're asking ourselves what makes the most sense, right? Because our time is limited. We have this dream that, that we've been pursuing for, for a very long time. And it's like, does touring make sense? Um, and so I think what we realized is that um, although we can we could play South by Southwest, we could play UMS in uh, Denver, Colorado, we could go back to Utah maybe and play. Um, I think now what I'm sort of leaning towards, and I'm not speaking for James, I'm speaking for me, is uh, online and like just making content that really um, is really powerful. And that's not only the music, but also the videos. And then when it's financially, um, when it makes financial sense, then maybe we we revisit the idea of going on tour again. Uh, that being said though, like going to, to Denver, Colorado, um, where like a friend, a really good friend named Stefan Aronson that's um, entrenched in the music scene in San Francisco and has connections to various states he just offered us that opportunity, and um, and it was amazing. We pretty much broke even because we played a, a big show. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, but yeah, that's more of like just a fun thing that we that we did, and we made a lot of cool connections. Uh, but I think that's where we're at right now is just figuring out what makes sense. Yeah, it's it's nice to uh, go on tour and be able to break even. Um, but when I think of touring, I think of, okay, we're um, going on a tour with a purpose instead of going on a tour to uh, basically struggle and... Uh, <laughs> Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Right. Yeah, and sleep it's in a van. better than McDonald's. Like, and show, <laughs> show, up at, show up at one place and play for, like, four people, and then the next place, you know, you play for 100. It's just... Um, I like When I think of, like, going on tour, I mean, that's what I honestly live for. Yeah. Um, but uh, an organized tour. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what I would like to do. So I have to agree. I mean, social media and the way that you can get your music out there is a huge, a huge uh, doorway. Um, there's one man bands right now that are just killing it because of how talented one person can put together songs and actually sing and be the drummer, be the bass player, be the guy who does everything in it and produce themselves and be amazing. Um, but at the same time, it's like, well, musicians are doing this to share it with people but it's not the same sharing as it was you know say 20 years ago yeah i have to interject and say that we have to load in in a couple minutes okay um but we probably have time for uh 
Um, two more another, questions. Another question, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, we got two minutes, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Well, we'll wrap. And, uh, yeah, so uh, what was the best concert you've ever been to? Ooh. Uh, I have to go with Guster. Okay. Um, it's a band that's not very well known, but my mom was a radio DJ for um, KVYN, which is oh, okay. an awesome local station. Yeah. And um, also for Alice, 97.3 in the city. DJ and Surf's mom. Yeah, she's she's really cool. I love my mom. I'm a mama's boy. But um, who's, your, who's your mom? Uh, her name is Paula. Paula Barto. Okay. Yeah, but she um, she introduced me to music. Her and my, and my dad also. You know, we'd listen to music in the car nonstop, and so I was influenced by that. And um, she loved Guster along with you know the Cranberries, Billy Joel. Um, my grandma would listen to Frank Sinatra all the time in the car, and so that sort of influenced my early years. And we went to go see Guster, which is this really cool band. I love Guster, yeah. I met him once, yeah. That's awesome. Years ago. But I'm yeah, jealous. 2001 or something. <laughs> like, years, yeah. They're really cool. They, they've never really... Um, they don't come around a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They, they haven't gotten to, like, commercial success, but they're, they're doing well enough where they've they can tour regularly. And, yeah. So I saw them live, and... Um, uh, Where did you see him? I saw them at the Fillmore. I love the Fillmore in San Francisco. Could talk and, uh, for an hour about the Fillmore. It's my favorite place. So yeah, yeah. I'm glad you agree. Yeah. The, the energy there is amazing. Yeah, exactly. I talked to like every band I can about the Fillmore. Just like I love it, you know. <laughs> uh, that's one of that's one of my dreams for sure is to play there. But I saw Guster there several times, and that I really enjoy them. And James, your favorite? Yeah, that's that's tough. Um, I would say uh, musically and like visually, aesthetically, it's still going to be Muse. Um, Tool, Tool is definitely um, in that top running though, um, just because of how. You saw them live. Yeah, just of how amazing visually it is and how everything just sounds so large. But Muse, they, they just they kill it. When yeah. it's their show, they kill it. Um, I was. I'm not gonna lie, and if you know Muse ever hears this, I mean your show Bottle Rock was a little bit of, of a disappointment compared to what you guys do when you own the stage. Yeah. Well, and even when they're bad, they're so good though. You know? Yeah, I mean, the, okay, the band itself, um, the band itself was never bad. Um, the show was just not what I expected. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Muse is definitely in. I just love how there's so much classical music and feel in it, and there's like there's rock, there's pop, there's a little bit of everything in their musical career, and it's still them, even through all the changes. Yeah. So. Excellent. Well, guys, have a great show tonight. It's going to be awesome. Uh, are you are you going on as uh, you're going to announce Forgotten Dreamers, or you're going to? We're thinking we're thinking about it. Yeah. Okay. We, yeah, we're last minute, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. If I give Surf a couple more beers, he'll probably just go out there and be like, oh, <laughs> Forgotten Dreamers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? You're what? like, what are you talking about? What's going on? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome. So. Well, have a great set, guys. Thanks, and we'll see you there. That sounds good. That was the interview with Forgotten Dreamers here on Concert Pipeline. And, uh, and it was a great conversation and uh, great to uh, have a beer with the gents uh, outside uh, uh, before their show um, and, uh, and get to hear about kind of how they got started, the um, progress of the band, and the big news that they are uh, opening up Bottle Rock for th this next year. How exciting is that? It's pretty exciting. They, they played two years ago uh, as well, and, uh, and I got to uh, see them at that performance, uh, which was really cool to get to see some, you know, some guys that you know doing something right. pretty cool like that, right? 
So what does that mean exactly? Like you're opening up for Bottle Rock. It means you're playing first, opening up the festival on Friday uh, at 12. They're, your audience isn't going to be, you know, the the 75,000 or whatever there at uh, right. at, at night. You know, it's, I think it's 40 or something but uh-huh. it's a, that are there at night for the headliner. But uh, but you get to be a part of this really big experience and your, your band's name's on the T-shirt. That's and, uh, killer, right? <laughs> and and, and I mean, there's some, just like in other years, there's some big names coming to Bottle Rock, uh, especially on Friday. And... Um, they're going to share a T-shirt with these people. Yeah, I know, right? How killer is that? Yeah, yeah. I think you're hinting that uh, that we should get into some music news here. I, I am. I'm actually really excited about getting into some music news. You know, it's my favorite part of the show. Yeah, so so let's start with that. Uh, let's talk about uh, the Bottle Rock lineup, uh, which was announced this week. Um, and th- uh, currently, three-day tickets are on sale at BottleRockNapaValley.com, uh, with uh, one-day tickets going uh, on sale on Thursday. Um, and... Uh, and last I checked, tickets, three-day passes are still available right now. Sometimes they go really quickly. It's hard to, to gauge how quick they'll go. Um, but... Um, but yeah, let's, let's talk about the lineup a little bit. Um, Friday, May 24th, uh, headliner, Imagine Dragons. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I've got to say, I'm a fan of Imagine Dragons. I like these guys. Um, I'm not a college football person much, but I did watch the college football game on TV last night. Um, They were playing at Levi Stadium, and at the halftime show, uh, Imagine Dragons played. Mm. Um, I don't think they played at Levi. I think this was somewhere else uh, in the Bay Area. But I was really excited about this. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love uh, Imagine Dragons. I uh, never heard them live. And um, I was thinking about getting tickets to, to, to Bottle Rock on Friday so I could you know, see these guys and some of the other um, bands that were uh, coming up. But I've got to say... What do you got to say? They don't sound that great live. No? You, you watch some of their live videos? or? Uh, well, I, I, wa- I mean, I watched the whole halftime oh, show. I think they oh, did yeah. three, four, somewhere between three and five songs. Yeah. And um, I mean, the music sounded good, but the singing just wasn't... Yeah. quite there. It was a little bit a little bit painful to listen to, I've got to say. You know, I was ready to kind of uh, if there was a way to kind of mute the 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 <laughs> the, the the music but have the atmosphere the and yeah. the and the people cheering and sure. then just you know, press play on the DVD. It's a sign of a great band if you can mute their music. Uh, I yeah. know, exactly. Or do the streaming thing. You know, it's like, okay, it's going to sound so much better this way. And I was really bummed. So I, I didn't know that, you know, I don't know if um, if that's typical, if they just are one of those bands that just don't sound great live, or maybe it was just that, you know, one performance. I don't know, but... Yeah, well, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit skeptical, I, but it's great to to have them here in your in your backyard. I saw them at Bottle Rock. A, I don't know what three or four years ago uh-huh. um, when I, I when we were covered it covered it and uh, uh, went with Joe and we watched part of their performance and it was eh, it was all right. But then we left. It was yeah. really cold and mm. weren't really crazy about it. But yeah. Um, but I've been, you know, I listened to their newest album and it was just very vanilla, mm-hmm. uh, nothing special. I do like some of their songs and it's like, yeah, okay, that's cool. But uh, I'm not super all about them. Right, um, right, right. But there are bands that I am super all about on Friday. 
um, including Sylvanesso, which is great. Seen them a, a handful of times. They've been on the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Interviewed them from the Fillmore, and they've just exploded since then. You that skipped right past One Republic. Yeah, I'm, I'm not excited about seeing them. I don't care. <laughs> I thought they were number one on your list. Not. Not? One. Okay. Not all number right. one Republic on my list. Okay, okay. Uh, at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on. Yes, but there's a band that I think we're both mutually excited about that is playing Friday. Yes, yes. And we've seen them many times. You're the one that introduced me to them. And um, they also have been on the program a number of times in certain yes, capacities as well. Exactly. And we had the privilege of seeing them in a really small venue, um, which we also did a pod around, and that was at Slim's. Yeah. Um, and it's great to see, you know, a band like this. Uh, not just in Sacramento on a soccer field or wherever that yeah. was, but also in these, you know, small, intimate venues. And that, of course, is the band... Flogging Molly. Yes. Yes. Flogging Molly. Yes. So Flogging much Molly. good energy. So much good energy. They're going to be there. Definitely worth seeing. Yeah. Jenny Lewis is cool. Uh, she's from Rilo Kylie and Postal Service, and she's an actress and been in, uh, in, in a bunch of stuff. So I'd, I'd be interested in seeing her. Never seen her live. AJR, I, uh, I hear, is really good as well. Neon Trees is, is all right. They're cool. Um, one one artist that I'm kind of excited about is Shannon Shaw. Mm. Um, I went to high school with her. No way. And and, uh, and she's, since her band has gotten pretty big, uh, they're playing Saturday, her full band, Sh- Shannon and the Clams. Uh, and they've been on Concert oh, Pipeline right. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, actually ran into her a couple years ago at, in the Rayleigh's parking lot as I was getting my kids out of the car. And she she uh, saw me and she's like, hey, Steve. That's you know, cool. Sort of thing. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, and then um, we emailed and made an interview happen at some point when she was in town mm-hmm. uh, in, in San Francisco, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bay. And uh, yeah, it was great. I'm so proud of her because I, uh, it was also cool to see her in Rolling Stone. Wow. Yeah, a picture of her in Rolling Stone magazine. That's um, killer. I can't even imagine that. I mean, I I didn't really keep in contact with anybody from high school, you know, but there's nobody that I'm familiar with from my high school that ever became, you know, famous. Yeah. But I can, so I can only imagine what that might be like, you know? So I don't know. It must be wild. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's pretty cool. I'm 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 nothing but proud of her and, yeah. and all her accomplishments. And she's getting to do her dream of mm. playing music and mm. uh, and successfully as a career, right? Yeah, yeah. Selling out shows and yeah, uh, and and it's pretty pretty awesome. So. Okay, so I think we might have talked about her once, and I'm I'm going to ask you a question that I might have asked you already about Shannon Shaw. Sure. So her band is Shannon Shaw and the Clams. Shannon and the Clams, yeah. Shannon and the Clams. Yeah. Are they all chicks? No. No, the 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 rest are guys. The rest are guys. Yes. So is it just like the clams or the guys? <laughs> I don't. I guess yes. Because when I think of a female name, yeah, it can be Shannon or any other female name, and then like there's clams after that. It makes me think it's something. You know, the clams are a body part. Okay. Yes. Like it's she yeah, might so as well yeah, be Shannon like a female and body part Shannon and the vaginas or something. Okay, yeah. Like Shanna, like and the pussy licks. I, I don't something know that like I, that. I don't know that in the interview I got de- that deep into the name of the band. Dude, I would have asked that right away. I would have been first question. One. Question number one. Like Shannon, tell me about your clam. What's up with that? Interview over. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, isn't that what Juliet Lewis is? Juliet Lewis and the Licks or something? Uh-huh, yeah. yeah, that's funny. Okay. You know, you kind of, you got to think about, well, Licks, like, what are they licking? 
Anyway. You are going so here. <laughs> Any others? You're on fire. I don't know. I'm on fire. I don't know. The clam, you know, it's fishy. It is a little fishy. Okay. It's a little fishy. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> anyway, Shannon, I, I think you're awesome. Uh, please don't take offense to any of this. But. So, so tell the Concert Pipeline <laughs> audience now. Are you thinking about going on Friday and seeing Flag I would see. I would, if, I, if, I can, if we can interview Shannon and the Clams, you know, again, I would, I would want to be part of that interview because I've got some questions. For that. <laughs> you do? Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll see if I can make that happen. Okay. Yeah, see if you can make that happen. I'll, I'll shoot her an email. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I see on this list. You know, Forgotten Dreamers. Yeah. Um, and if I'm skipping over anybody, just, you know, definitely you're, you're uh, good. You're let good. me know. But I, you know, I, I did not realize that that is the newly rebranded Surf and James plus the rest of the band. Yeah, it, it is. Look and, at that. Uh, so excited for them to, uh, for their big news and uh, that we have them on the podcast yeah, to talk yeah. about Bob mm. Rock and... Uh, uh, and we did talk about Bottle Rock a bit in the interview as well. So it was we a did. Good time. So that's Friday. Um, Saturday and Sunday, uh, st- strong lineups, strong bands in the lineups. But honestly, my money's on Friday. If, uh, you know, unless we're going to be covering it with, you know, press credentials and everything, I'm probably only going to buy a one day mm. to, to Friday. Um, Saturday, I could take her leave. Saturday and Sunday, I could take her leave. Yeah, yeah. I think um, so. I had I had told you earlier that I think I would probably you know take some time off work and go, um, but I'm gonna play it by ear. Uh, you know, in case you bail or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll just buy my ticket last minute. Um, and part of me is still jaded, you know, from yeah. that one time that I bought a ticket and to went Bottle to Rock. Alaska, yeah. And then, yeah, I took a last minute cruise to Alaska and I was so bummed that I, my ticket was only worth half the <laughs> amount, like a few days before the show. Yeah, but you were in Alaska surfing. Up right. I mean, I'm not complaining. Surfing. Yeah. <laughs> I was just surprised. You know, I thought maybe they would go up in value or I'd get my money back or something. So, you know, it's a fluctuating market and depends on, uh, supply and demand. And exactly. And a lot of people buy it early on and then they're like, yeah, okay. And you know, and then think that they could sell it and then, mm. uh, it doesn't, it's not worth as much or they're, maybe they're worth more later. Right. You never really know. So with my luck, um, they'll be twice the price, you know, right. it'll be sold out and, and you'll be, it'll be twice the price. Double, for, it's a chance you take, you know. So yeah, you right. can split the difference and buy one right down the middle at the uh, uh, value, or <laughs> all right, <laughs> or not. But, Crazy. But Saturday we have uh, Neil Young and Promise of the Real. Yay! And uh, we saw Neil Young together. We did. Um, not a bottle of rock, but the Last Bridge School. Benefit. Yes, exactly. Uh, Peggy Young died this past week. May she rest in peace. Yes, Peggy. Our uh, thoughts are with you. Yes, um, Pharrell is playing. Uh, Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats. I saw them at the Fillmore. They were they were pretty cool. Uh huh. Um, Cypress Hill. So you want to be a rock superstar? <laughs> Live large, big house, yeah. five cars, rent charge. Okay, yeah. Uh, Cypress Hill. I check. I would check them out. Chevy Metal. That is a uh, '70s style heavy rock band mm-hmm. um, led by. Taylor Hawkins of Foo Fighters fame. No way. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. They played uh, an after show uh, the year that Foo Fighters played Bottle Rock also. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we mentioned, Shannon and the Clams, Moon Alice, uh, who's been on Concert Pipeline several times, um, and uh, a bunch of other bands uh, that uh, don't stand out to me. Um, Sunday headliner, Mumford & Sons. Yes. I check Mumford them out, Sons. but I'm not. Again, I'm not going out of my way for mm. for the Mumford. 
Yeah, I only know their one album, um, and there are a bunch of tracks on there that I, that I like a lot, but I, I don't think I would buy a ticket just to see them. Yeah. Santana, of course, is a legend. He is, yes. But after a couple of songs, I just find his sound a little annoying. Um, so, uh, or who else do we got? We have... Uh uh, Michael Franti plays Bottle Rock like every year, so he's a staple of, of Bottle Rock. He's always a really great live performer uh, and and always plays this stuff. He's he's awesome, right? Um, Citizen Cope, I heard of Jeff Goldblum uh, and the Mildred uh, Schitzner, Schnitzer, Schnitzer, Schnitzer. Or- Orchestra. <laughs> I don't know what is going on there. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum is, is playing. He is um, freaking hilarious, that guy. Um, and... Uh, I, yeah. Wait a minute. I didn't even know he was a musician. Musician. Uh, he plays piano and stuff. He has a band of uh, that. I'd I'd been interested in seeing him sometime. I mean, because mm-hmm. I think it would be cool. But again, just for that, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not really going out of my way for it. Yeah. Um, Conbrio yeah. is uh, playing. They were on the. We've had recently. them on the podcast. Yeah. On several times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great, great band, and and some other artists as well. So, uh, not a bad lineup as they go. Cool yeah. to have this in uh, in our backyard. In your backyard, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, and and so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I hope you can make it, man, uh, to to Bottle Rock. Friday, May twenty fourth. Okay, that's the one. I'm putting that in the calendar. Do it. Lock it in. Um, Lock it and, in. Uh, and you know, beginning till uh, late because we want to be there. We want to be there at the beginning for Forgotten Dreamers if you can make them. You know? Right. So. Um, Okay. Yeah, you have uh, another news story for us. We'll do one more each before we wind out the pod. Sure, yeah. I'll do mine first. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, Let's see. Uh, So you have had the pleasure of interviewing Foreigner a couple times. Yes, yeah, three times now. Three times now? On the the program, yeah. You saw them live, including in my backyard. Yep. At the uh, uh, county fair in Marin. Yep. And and so we got a story about uh, the final show for Lou Graham. Okay. So let me talk about that. So, um, So original foreigner vocalist Lou Graham has announced his retirement from his solo performances. Uh, The Albany Times Union reports the rocker broke the news to fans at the conclusion of his December 29th show at Proctor's Theater in New York. Uh, He says, it's been quite a few years with a lot of fun and a lot of hard work, uh, Graham tells the crowd. Um, Just talking it over with my wife and some people in the business. You get real excited when you start out uh, in this business, but you've got to be smart enough to know when to walk away from it too. And I just feel that it's time for me. I just want to let you all know that I've, uh, had a hell of a good time and this show has been one of the best ones. And, um, let me just pause the story, uh, briefly there. You know, we've talked about, we've talked about bands or you know, maybe individual artists who probably should have hung up the hat earlier than they did. We have talked about that, (laughs) you know? So I really like, you know, hearing that Lou Graham is recognizing, you know what? 
it's been freaking awesome. Time to hang up the hat and, you know, move on. Um, and not, you know, drawing it out forever. <laughs> Let's see. So guitarist and producer Mick Jones uh, formed Foreigner back in 1976 via a series of jams uh, that saw him connected with keyboardist Al Greenwood, multi-instrumentalist Ian McDonald, drummer Dennis Elliott, bassist Ed Gagliardi. Good work. <laughs> did I did I not fuck that up? I think you did well. Ed, move on. Ed, on. You have no idea how awesome it is that I did not screw up your name. 2019. Uh, you saying names correctly. That's right. <laughs> okay, let's just pause. Oh gosh. Let's okay. just pause right now and and commit here that 2019 is going to be all about me not fucking up people's names. Okay, because I down. have I have so much guilt on my chest, <laughs> you know, for you for up. screwing up people's names. So, yeah. Ed, you have no idea what a privilege this is that I didn't fuck up your name. Okay. Um, so after an extensive search for a singer, uh, Graham was brought into the front of the band. Yes. Uh, so cool. Good to hear that. Yeah. Happy for happy, for him. yeah, happy for you, man. He might play some one-off shows with Foreigner sometime again. I mean, That'd be awesome. They did that some of those last year. Yeah, um, you know, I think Double Vision is what they mm. called it, or what have you, where they brought some of the old members of Foreigner right. back on and played. They played a couple of songs with the the current lineup of Foreigner. So, mm. uh, so that's pretty cool. That's killer. Yeah, and uh, a segment of music news is not complete without news on one musician. Who is that? Well, that would be the one and only Mister. Dave Grohl. That is correct. Uh, so he may form a supergroup with a surprising A-list actor. Really? An A-list actor? Yeah. Well, Page Six is reporting that Foo Fighters frontman Dave Grohl recently discussed doing a recording project with the Avenger star Jeremy Renner. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Or, or I thought you were going to say, um, who's that guy? There's an actor who's really, really good. He does, uh, I think he does mostly... Um, Oh wow, you're spiraling. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I suck is, at me- remembering great. stuff, but it's coming. It's coming. It's almost on the tip of the tongue. Uh, the Wolverine, the Wolverine guy, Hugh Jackman. Is Hugh his Jackman yes. is his name, and um, uh, I, I'm trying to say show tunes, but it's not yes. show tunes. It's he's like a, Broadway, Broadway yeah, he's shows. A Broadway, yeah. But yeah, okay. Lame yeah. is and all that. You're, you're gonna go ahead and let you me. can go ahead. Sorry, okay. yeah. Finish the story, all right. I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say Wolverine. No. Uh, they were they were at a Lady Gaga show after party in Vegas. Uh, Jeremy Renner, whose sources told Page uh, Page Six, was way back in. Uh, way back in fi- uh, 2015, was busy in the studio trying to record an album, was spotted chatting up uh, Dave Grohl at, uh, uh, on the record at Park MGM's opening party in Las Vegas. They were talking about getting together and writing some music. Set a spy. Mm. The Avengers star, who plays keyboard, guitar, and drums, showed off his singing skills at the bash, belting out New York State of Mind in one of the new spot's three hidden karaoke rooms. <laughs> he was friends with Cornell, who recorded Live to Rise with uh, Soundgarden uh, f- uh, from, for the first Avengers film in 2012. Ah. Um, and uh, let's see here. 
let's see. This just in. Um, let's see here. He was interviewing for a new lead single, uh, singer guitarist of a Big Mother gig. Okay, anyway. Uh, Dave Grohl is planning a mysterious Foo Fighters Super Bowl-themed video that is expected to be released next month, and they're, they'll tour in Europe the, uh, this summer as well. So that's a little thing that Dave Grohl is doing. Well, there we go. Dave. Yes. Keep on rocking on. Yes. Um, so uh, that is our program for today, Jens. How do you feel? I feel fantastic. I feel like this is just a great way to just jump into the new year. Yes, I agree as well. Starting off with an awesome band uh, that got to see uh, play live at Blue Note. You know, some uh, buddies of mine mm-hmm. want to thank uh, Surf and James of Forgotten Dreamers uh, for being on the program today. We're going to play us out with uh, another song for, that Surf and James uh, played at uh, Blue Note. And this is their new single. Uh, it's called Stay In My Head. So for all of us here at Concert Pipeline, that's Jen Schiphol. And that is Steve Jones. We'll catch you next time. Yeah!